I remember the conversation I was having with a friend sometime this week. We were discussing how much effort is being put in by men to support a presidential candidate in Nigeria. By the way, Nigeria's election, Nigeria's presidential election is coming up next year, 2023. We are going to be the country and the citizens of the country will be electing a president that would sit in the office to that would take over from the current president of the country and so many parties doing their things and so on and so forth which is by the way but my friend he <clears throat> we were discussing uh about how men women even children are doing so much to help a particular candidate to promote a particular candidate and it's it's amazing see how much effort they are putting to <clears throat> to spread a man who would be in office for at most eight years see the amount of effort because they believe a change can actually happen and it's very amazing it's very amazing now looking and having discussions about the effort people are putting for this particular candidate then we now started to compare with how much is being put in for the salvation of man we are not doing up to 1% we are not putting up to 1% energy in the work of salvation for ourselves and in preparing others. And wow, so much energy put in place for a very short cause. <laughs> you wouldn't believe how short eight years is compared to a lifetime. Now, the cause of God if one remains faithful, is forever and ever. Mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, please open our eyes that we may understand and discern that which is temporal from that which is everlasting. We need the Holy Spirit to give us that discerning spirit that we may know what is essential, what is primary, what is extremely vital. That we may not be swept and carried by the waves of today, by the waves of life. That is a prayer. And I wish, I hope, and I pray one person will be awakened to this great assignment. This assignment that has to do with life and death. I pray that you, my friend, will be fired. I pray that your heart 
will be stirred up to tell someone to wake up. To fight this fight of righteousness. May God help us. May God help us. Hi, my name is Oluwa Femi and you are welcome to the Gospel Space. God is good. God has been keeping, he has been preserving and I believe by his grace, he has been opening doors for you as the days have been going by. I I was overhearing a conversation where my brother was talking to a seller and he mentioned that uh, the cost of a bag of rice here in Nigeria, I mean the local rice, is now 70,000. I'm like, wow, 70,000 naira for a bag of rice. And I was, I was reminiscing, I, not so long ago, a bag of rice was about 7,000. I'm like, this is, this is amazing. I, I hear stories where um, people will say, ah, uh, there was a time when a dollar was equal to a naira and all of that. And when you hear those stories, you, we, are, we are talking 20 plus years ago. And now, just in few years, not up to 10 years ago, I remember when a bag of rice was 7,000 and now it is 70,000 naira. Lord of mercy. But God is faithful. Now, I am mentioning that for you to see that despite the cost of things, despite the insecurity that we are always hearing around, you are still very much alive. You can listen. You can hear. You can move. There is much reason to be grateful to God for His goodness. And above all, each day we breathe, it is an opportunity for us to turn to God, to accept Him as our Lord and Savior that He is. It is all left to us to accept, to trust, and to obey. Yes, last week we had a very interesting study we titled the study, What is in Your Hands? What is in your hands? I ask you, what is in your hands? I remember when a friend asked, he said, ah, Femi, what are you using to record your podcast? And now, reminiscing on the title of yesterday's, on Friday's podcast, I would reply, what is in my hand? It is what I have that I am using to record this podcast. And what do I have? I have a phone. Yes, I'm using my phone to record this podcast. Now you know. I'm using my phone. I am making use of what is in my hand. We cannot say, oh, this is too small to start what I want to start. Oh, it's too small a capital to start whatever I want to start. 
we have learned last week that God is asking, what do you have in your hands? I shared a testimony about a brother who wanted to walk on a piece and he was thinking of, oh, how much will I get wood, this and that? And he asked himself, remembering the question God would always ask, what is in your hand? And he looked about, ah, yes, this wood is good, this wood is good, this is the perfect length, this is the perfect width. Oh, yes, fine. And voila, a stool. My dear friend, what is in your hand? Let us have a word of prayer as we dive straight into today's study, Exodus chapter 16. Very interesting chapter. Oh, if if I, I just have so many titles as I read through the chapter, a lot of titles were just coming to my mind. And and one thing that stood out for me in this entire chapter chapter is miracles. Miracles. And as we study, we would see. And as we see the miracles God wrought in the lives of the Israelites that they paid no attention to, that they were not appreciative of, we must start to think about the goodness that we have enjoyed, that we must have thought, oh, well, it's a normal thing. It's not a normal thing. It's a miracle. It's the goodness of God. Let's have a word of prayer as we dive straight into today's study. Our dear Father in heaven, we thank you for today. We thank you for bringing us at your feet again to study, to know, and to learn of you. Please forgive us of all our sins, and please send your Holy Spirit, we need him so much, to teach us of thy truth. This is our prayer, Lord, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The journey of the Israelites is my journey. It is your journey out of a land of Egypt. In the early verses, in the early chapters, pardon me, in the early chapters of the book of Exodus, we saw how God told Moses that do this to remind them of who I am. Do this to prove to them that I am the one that has sent you. Immediately they are reminded of who I am and we know as God has told us that God, the creator of the heavens and earth, is referred to as I am. The moment they remember who I am, then go to the elders and show them these signs that will make them believe that the I am, which is God, has sent you. Now, there is a reason to remind them. Why do you remind people of things? You remind people of things because they are forgotten. Before there is a need to remind, there must be a situation or a happening of forgetfulness. They had forgotten their roots. So there was a need to be reminded. We would hear the first reminder. Well, not the first reminder. But the second reminder, the first reminder was who God is, who their God is. That is the I am, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. 
full stop. Let us study. And they journeyed from Elim, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elim and Sinai. On the fifteenth day of the second month, after they departed from the land of Egypt, then the whole congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said to them, Ho, oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the pots of meat, and when we ate bread to the full, for you have brought us out into the wilderness to kill the whole assembly with hunger. This is interesting. I want you to mentally reminisce on the wonders God wrought, God wrought in the land of Egypt. All the firstborns, be it animal, be it humans, they died. There was total darkness in the land of Egypt. There was locusts, there was frog, there was there was a lot of things, there was famine and so on in the land of Egypt. And those things, those plagues, didn't cross the fence of Egypt. And yet, these people murmured and complained against Moses and Aaron. I mean, they saw the sea part. The water standing on the right and the water standing on the left. How come they didn't believe that the God who could do that before their very eyes can provide for them food? How come? How could it be? Now, the Bible says the children of Israel complained. But don't forget that there was a mixed multitude that followed after the children of Israel on the day of their exit. Do not forget. Another thing to note here is the question of appetite. Now let's turn the table. Let that table face you and my table face me. In the slightest occurrence of deprivation, do we murmur? Do we complain? Oh, the economy is bad. I'm not eating as, as I used to before. When, when I cook rice, I, I used to have about three or four uh, pieces of tofu on my plate. But now there, there is no money. I'm having one. Do you complain? Remember, we are no different from the children of Israel. They sinned, we have sinned. And it is wise, 
it will only be wise for us to learn as we also journey back to the spiritual land of Canaan, back to the spiritual land of Eden, where all sins were perfect. We should learn as we are learning from the mistakes of the Israelites, we should also learn to drop all these baggages that weigh us down. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day, that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. Now let's pause here. Now this is what I'm saying we should pause here before we go further. Now, the God that saw beforehand that if he sends them through the path of the Philistines and the sea wall, they will be tempted to turn back. Do you think that God did not know that they need food? Do you think? He did. Now, this is a lesson to us. Even in the times when we don't have much, do not forget that the Lord knows all that you and I need. He knows all. And I heard one interesting statement. Uh, I might not be able to quote it in the right way. But it goes thus. It says, It's in the time of trouble, real character is being revealed. No, when, when things are all good and rosy, eh, it'll be difficult to show who you really are. But in areas of difficulties, in when when the times of trouble and test comes, then we will know of a truth what kind of spirit we have. The Israelites were tested. And I can assure you, you and I will be tested. Let's go on. After the test, and it shall be on the sixth day that they shall <clears throat> prepare what they what they bring in and it shall be twice as much as they gathered daily so this is a command from god yes I, I i would provide for them i would send food i want to test them now in as much as i am sending food i will send double portion on the sixth day i will send two that they should prepare for themselves it's interesting how many days are in a week seven days but god has said he would provide bread six days on monday you provide it on sunday you provide bread monday you provide bread tuesday you provide bread you provide bread 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 but on friday it will provide twice the amount they get on every other day let's see why let God tell us why he would be providing a double portion on the sixth day. Then Moses and Aaron said to all the children of Israel, At evening you shall know that the Lord has brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, for he hears your complaints against the Lord. 
But what are we that you complain against us? Also Moses said, There shall be seen when the Lord gives you um, meat to eat in the evening and in the morning bread to the full. For the Lord hears your complaints which you make against him. And what are we? Your, your, your complaints are not against us, but against the Lord. Now, it, it makes sense to read that um, Moses and Aaron immediately redirected. They didn't take it personal. They weren't saying, ah, why are these people complaining against us? They understood whose message they were attending to. They understood that it was God that sent them a message. So whatever complaints they were nagging and murmuring against, the two of them, that is Moses and Aaron, they were murmuring and complaining to God. Then Moses spoke to Aaron, Say to all the congregation of the children of Israel, Come near before the Lord, for he has heard your complaints. Now it came to pass, as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the children of Israel, that they looked towards the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, I have heard the complaints of the children of Israel. Speak to them, saying, At twilight you shall eat meat. And in the morning you shall be filled with bread, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God. Now, I remember one time in the past, quite a long time ago, I, I, I would usually think that, ah, see, the amount of people that God led out of Egypt, they were a nation. They, 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 nobody just 10 people. It's not just 10 people or 20 people or 30 people. A nation. Like... Like I used in the past, Nigeria as an example. Nigeria will have over 200 million people. Right? I'm not saying the amount of people that left Egypt were 200 million. No, I'm not saying that. But I'm just using that to illustrate that it was a nation. It's a nation we are talking about here. Not just uh, SS3B or, or year 7A. A nation. Now, why I'm saying this is we have read that Moses told Aaron to speak to the people. <laughs> uh, I've been in assemblies where when people speak, even with a microphone, that you would almost not hear them. But we are hearing that Aaron spoke to the congregation of Israel. At first, it was first difficult. That, uh, how now? Don't, don't, don't play with my head. How? You know? Until when I studied a book. I studied a book on music. The title of that book is The Story of Music. And I was made to... Oh, was it that book? Oh, I pray I get back to you. I don't want to make a promise that I'll get back to you. I pray I do get back to you. It's not that book. I've forgotten the title of the book. But anyways... What the writer of the book was trying to explain was there is a way one can speak that the wind or the breeze or whatever 
would carry the echo of that voice round. I'm like, my, these people were intelligent. Not only were they strong vocally, but they were intelligent. Because trust me, it is speaking is something people actually train themselves to do. They speak clearly and they speak audibly. Ah, I was I was humbled that my, you know, I I I, I would usually hear from a very good friend of mine. He says, the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know. And that is my story. That is my story. And like the knowledge of these people was actually it's very mind blowing. It's very, very mind blowing. So let us go on. I apologize for that deviation, but that's a reasonable deviation if you ask me. Let's go on. So it was that quails came up at evening and covered um and covered the camp. And in the morning the dew laid up all around the camp, that is the quail, they were all around the camp. And when the layer of dew lifted, there on the surface of the wilderness was a small round substance, as fine as frost on the ground. So when the children of Israel saw it, they, <clears throat> they said to one another, What is this? For they did not know what it was, the first provision from God. And Moses said to them, This is the bread which the Lord had given you to eat. This is the thing which the Lord has commanded. Listen, let every man gather it. This is the Lord's command. Let every man gather it according to each one's need. One omer for each person. According to the number of the persons, let every man take for those who are in his tent. Then the children of Israel did so and gathered. So, <clears throat> some more, some less. So when <clears throat> they measured it, uh, measured it by Omar, he who gathered much had nothing left over. This is the first miracle. And he who gathered little had no lack. Every man had gathered according to each one's need. And Moses said, Let no one leave any of it till morning. Notwithstanding, they did not heed Moses. But some of them left part of it until morning. And the bread <coughs> and its bread worms and stank and Moses was angry with them so they gathered it every morning every man according to his need and when the sun became hot it melted <laughs> oh now the first miracle is the food God provided God says the food was like frost it was like frost. Now, when I googled frost, frost is like, it, it was frozen. It was like ice, right? So, 
it makes sense for the food to melt immediately the sun comes out right but we'll get to the more interesting part in the future we get to the more interesting part in the future now the second miracle i saw here is that some gathered more some gathered less but for those who gathered more it was enough for their household and for those who gathered less they did not lack you know when i was reading this the nigerian man came to mind now when i say nigerian man i don't necessarily mean male specifically i mean male and female <laughs> so the nigerian man came to mind oh the nigerian man well like, ah now doubt they make us overdo i'm sure in his heart he'll be like ah, may not be say tomorrow supply no good day make i carry extra what that means is let it not be that when tomorrow comes i wouldn't have extra let me gather for tomorrow here but in as much as that is a miracle it is also a lack of trust in god lack of trust in the giver of all sins if we trust and if we obey then we will please the lord the command was simple take one take one and do not leave it over so meaning the leftovers no it means that they ate and they went to hide some for the future it shows lack, lack of trust that the God that provided this today, oh, something can happen tomorrow and it will not provide. Or tomorrow it will delay. Or tomorrow when it provides, I will not be able to gather. Right? I mean, look at the population. So many excuses. And this is a warning to us. No matter the condition, we are to obey thus saith the Lord. And there is no example more perfect than this. There is no better example. Because I can imagine one family looking around as ah well, we are plenty. And I know that ah family B. I know the way they used to do how they used to do in each is they used to they used to carry plenty, you know understand. All these kind of things, and one will start harboring in his heart. One will start thinking, "Oh, maybe I should carry for tomorrow." Meanwhile, the instruction of God has been given. Take one. And it's interesting how this command aligns with the prayer of Jesus in the New Testament. In the Lord's prayer, Jesus said. Give us our daily. It, it didn't say give us for tomorrow. It didn't say uh, give us for next year. It didn't say like that foolish man who had food and he was thinking of expanding his bank. No, no, no. He said give us our daily bread. And we see that that prayer truly was in accordance 
with the workings of God. Oh, Jesus was diligent in his study. I hope we would follow suit in the steps of our example, Jesus Christ. And so it was on the sixth day that they gathered twice as much, two omers for each one, and all the rulers of the congregation came and told Moses. Then he said to them, This is what the Lord said, Tomorrow is a Sabbath. Tomorrow is a Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake today, and boil what you will boil, and lay up for yourselves all that remains to be kept until morning. So they laid it till morning, as Moses commanded, and it did not stink, nor were there any worms in it. Now this is very interesting. Now, finally, God has given us the reason why he instructed the children of Israel to gather twice as much on the sixth day. The reason for that command, God says, it is because tomorrow is the Sabbath. Meaning, the day the elders went to report to Moses that, oh, this people are carrying two was a Friday. It was a Friday. So God instructed them that, see, tomorrow is a Sabbath. It is a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake today and boil what you will boil today. Now, this is another miracle that I saw. So that thing that was frozen, that thing that was on a frost on the ground could be boiled and it could be baked. It's such a wonder. It is such a wonder. Now, on leaving the land of Egypt, God gave them a celebration. He instructed Moses to give to the Israelites that they shall foreverly celebrate the Passover. They were given a new beginning as to dates, months, and seasons, and years. They were given a new beginning. Today that you left the land of Egypt shall be the beginning of years for you. Abib is the name of the beginning of months. And after seven days, on the seventh day of the celebration of the feast of unleavened bread, you shall have a holy Sabbath. And we dwelt much on explaining that this um, monthly celebration at the beginning of every year for seven days, that Holy Sabbath, which is the seventh day of the feast celebration, could fall on any day. If it falls on Saturday, it's a Holy Sabbath. If the seventh day falls on a Monday, on a Sunday, it's a Holy Sabbath. If the seventh day falls on a Monday, it's a Holy Sabbath, and so on and so forth. And we said, according to the Bible, 
that that does not nullify that which God had established from the beginning. And that which he has established from the beginning, he is now reminding the children of Israel of again when he's telling them, see, tomorrow is the Sabbath. What you will eat tomorrow, get them today. What you will eat on the Sabbath, cook them today. This is amazing. Not only were they reminded of the Sabbath, God reminded them of how to keep the Sabbath. It's interesting. From this we know that the Sabbath day is a day of total rest. Even down to the point of cooking. Ah, God so wants to save us. That he has given us every pinch of information. So, they laid it up till morning as Moses commanded and he did not stink nor were there any worms in it. Now we've learned something about repetition. If an instruction, if a vision, if a dream happens more than once, what does it mean? It means it is established and it means it will surely come to pass. Have we read of this instruction more than once? Yes, we have. Does that mean it is sure and established? Yes. Does that mean it is a requirement? Yes, it does. Then Moses said, Eat that today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. Inasmuch as they were not to cook on the Sabbath, even God himself did not provide for them on the Sabbath. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will be none. It's interesting. So six days they shall go through the work and the tussle of cooking and gathering. I think we can call gathering work. Six days they shall labor. Six days they shall cook. Six days they shall do things to meet their needs. But on the seventh day is a day of rest. On the seventh day is the Lord's day. It's interesting. It is a Sabbath to the Lord. Now, it happened that some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather, but they found none. And the Lord said to Moses, How long do you refuse to keep my commandments and my laws? See, for the Lord has given you the Sabbath, therefore he gives you on the sixth day bread for two days. Let every man remain in his place. Let no man go out to the place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. And the house of Israel called its name 
manner. And it was like a white colander, colander seed. And the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. Mm. Then Moses said, This is the thing which the Lord has commanded. Fill an omer with it to be kept for your generations that they may see the bread with which I fed you in the wilderness when I brought you out of the land of Egypt. And Moses said to Aaron, Take a pot and put an omer of manna in it and lay it up before the Lord to be kept for your generations. As the Lord commanded Moses, and so Aaron laid it up before the testimony to be kept. And the children of Israel ate manna forty years. Why? They ate manna forty years until they came to the inhabited land. They ate manna until they came to the border of the land of Canaan. Now, an omer is one cent of an ephah. So we can say they put an offering beside the testimonies. It's interesting. And now the final miracle. The final miracle I was able to catch. There was an instruction that this food, that is manna, should not be kept until the next day. But God now instructed them, this same manna that cannot last for two days, keep it for generations to see. So the manna that couldn't last for two days is the same manna that would last for generations. Why? God is good. God is good. Oh, like Solomon, what is the conclusion of the matter? Fear God and keep his commandments. For he is creator. My heart is joyed. My heart is joyed. Now, what practical ways, what practical things have we been learning so far that we be not be as our parents of old? Do you have your journal where you write your testimonies already? Because I think the children of Israel were quick to forget the great things that God has done for them. In areas of trials, they were not able to think and look back at what God has done for them. Let us have a journal. Let us write down every testimony. Let us write down everything that God is doing for us. And when we are faced with trials and troubles, let that journal be the first book we go back to.
so that our confidence in God will be rekindled. That's of a truth. Our God is a God of yesterday, is a God of today, and is a God that is forever faithful. My dear friends, please have a journal. That we may not be as the children of old, the children of Israel, who were ungrateful and who lost sight of the one who brought them out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand in areas of trials and if I can call them puny tribulations. Oh, please have a journal. Please have a journal. A word of encouragement today will be coming from the book of Psalms, Psalms chapter 119. And it says, Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with the whole heart. Blessed, blessed, blessed are they who keep his laws, who keep his charge, who keep his commandments. My dear friend, I hope you have gained a vital lesson as to your walk with God from the story of the children of Israel. I hope you'll be thirsty to do right in the sight of God, that we may be pleasing before Him. Go have a wonderful day. God bless you.